Welcome to the Batman Tasticast, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the greatest animated television series of all time, Batman the Animated Series. Our podcast offers a deep dive into each episode and a full series retrospective from two nerds who really like Batman. I predict my co-host shall be the seer of seers, the prognosticator of prognosticators. It's not Punxsutawney Phil, it's Mike Staub. And I predict that my host should... Hold on, I'm shaking up the eight ball. He's shaking an eight ball. Shaking up the eight ball. Um, Remains unclear. Oh, well, no. well, I guess we'll just have to shake it up. Hold on. We can settle for whoever's next. Uh, Jordan. Jordan oh, Hugh, okay. I, I'll do it. Which is that's which is good because it's standard. It has been preordained. <laughs> Boy, is Prophecy of Doom just a home run of an episode. Today we are covering episode 19 of the Batman animated series, Prophecy of Doom. Yeah. An episode that neither of us was looking forward to recording today. But nah. let me be clear. We're excited to be here. We're excited to be here with you. We're going to talk about some cool, fun stuff. We just know that this episode is not the best. No, this episode is uh, is not great. Not great. Um, this was... Um, so it's... it's They they don't seem to like this episode much either. Well, yeah. Um, I wouldn't. <laughs> Listen, well, it's funny that they know that. Do you think that's funny? It's very... For whatever reason, they're very candid about when they like or dislike an episode. No, absolutely. I absolutely... You know this, as a creator, as an artist, to some degree. But you usually you, try to fake it a little. You, dude, it's been thirty years. <laughs> Sometimes you got to look back and be like, "Yeah, that song wasn't that good." Yes. So, um, this was broadcast order number twenty-two. So it was only three off of its uh, production order number. Um, it's not a favorite episode of many people. It's also not a hated episode. Uh, like, I don't think anyone would be like, "Yeah, Prophecy of Doom is the worst episode of Batman the Animated Series." But it's it's not. Not a favorite. I feel like this episode is in the worst possible position yeah. you can be in yeah. for anything creative. Yeah. Okay? If something is good, it's either good or great and enjoyable and amazing, right? But yes. if something is bad, there's also something about it that makes it appealing and interesting to watch, i.e. the Underdwellers. Yes. We could sit down and be like, I'm about to watch <laughs> Take the- my hand. Never! I could sit down and watch what is considered to be the worst episode of Batman the Animated Series in The Underdwellers, and I can enjoy it for its camp and its nonsense and its uh, strange Oliver Twist connection. (laughs) Right. Right? Now, I could sit down and watch Prophecy of Doom and know that I'm going to be in for 22 minutes of... It's bad. Yeah. But it's like mediocre bad. To I can't even like right. enjoy. It's medium bad. It's medium bad. I can't even enjoy how terrible it is. Like I can't even right. like embrace how good it is to just sit here and just revel in just how terrible an episode is. I have to sit there and just be bored for 22 minutes, which is the worst crime you can commit yeah. when making a cartoon. Yeah, it's medium bad. Medium bad is always boring. No one wants to watch something that is boring. No. Um, the worst thing that you could do is make something boring. I'd rather it be bad and fun. Like, if I go and watch Guns Akimbo, starring <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe, who has been put into some real live action game where he has to kill a whole bunch of other assassins, by, and he has Berettas literally, like, stapled to his hands that he can't remove... I'll watch that for an hour and a half and have a great time. That's good film. That's good film, but it's 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 bad, but it's enjoyable. Now I understand people are like it's so bad, it's good. It's like no, 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 no. There is art to trash. Yes. There is art to making trash. And this and is this ain't it. This ain't it. I will say Underdwellers might be. Underdwellers is honestly improving in my estimation. Yeah. I was watching this and I had the thought at the end. I was like, would I rather see this again or watch The Underdwellers? I would actually rather watch The I Underdwellers. I would much rather watch The Underdwellers for one reason and one reason only. Yeah. Batman suplexes an alligator. He does. Also, The Underdwellers, and we didn't give it enough credit for this at the time, but Underdwellers is actually pretty funny. Yes, yes. It's actually a pretty funny episode. This episode has jokes, but is largely humorless. Prophecy of Doom is a prophecy of bad. It's <laughs> very nice. Yeah, um, yeah. Not a good episode. Let me just uh, say a couple things that I do like about the episode before we just trash it for the next, I don't know, 40 minutes. Um, One, and I know you'll agree with me as a comics historian, this is a very golden age story. Yes. Uh, You have a villain in this. He's called Nostromos. 
Uh, Nostromos is clearly supposed to be... I don't mean to be offensive. I think this is this is the name of the trope. He's supposed to be kind of a Fu Manchu villain, yes. right? He is... Uh, the, the term that I've seen associated with that is like he's a vaguely sort of Asian, right, who is vaguely from the East yeah. somewhere, even yeah. though he's being played by a white guy in makeup, yeah, right? Um, and, you know, because of his, uh, you know, mystical nature, right, he may have these powers, he's apparently like a seer or something like that. In this way, he is just like so many other characters just like that. Yeah, yeah, from yeah. the Golden Age of comics who yeah. are just like, oh, because the Golden Age is filled with wizards and sorcerers and, and seers and the, the hero has to fight against magic. Yeah. Right? That is a huge part of Golden Age comics. And the plot to this episode is very much a Golden Age comic because ultimately, yeah. what does the wizard want? He wants gold bullion. Yeah. I want okay. money. Yeah. This, it's a, a crazy Golden Age type story. Um, so yeah, in this episode, we have a, it's another one-off villain. This is the only time we'll see Nostromos. Um, I, I guess his name is supposed to be a play on Nostradamus. I think so. That's what I thought, um, because but, he's, he's a seer. But of course, you also thought of... Oh, I always think of Nostromo. Nostromo, the, yeah, the ship, the from, ship Alien, from Alien, which I think is named after a, a ship in the Joseph Conrad books. I think there's a... Yeah, I forget what... Is it is that the name of the book, or is it the ship in the book? It's the ship in the book, but I think the book also, like in the subtitle, includes the name Nostromo. Yeah, I think I think in the story too, the, the Nostromo doesn't succeed, doesn't survive. Like, right. I think I think that ship is doomed, no matter what. It's a in. doomed. The idea is it's a doomed ship. It's a right? doomed ship. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think so. I think so. So I guess that's where they're taking this name from. It's a combination of Nostradamus and the doomed ship. Well, from... there, there is a boat scene. There is <laughs> famously there's a boat. It's very good. Yeah. Along with Biggis and the Sewer King, Ugh. so the villains from The Forgotten and the Underdwellers, uh, Nostromos, uh, I'm seeing from just little light online research, he's considered one of the worst villains in the entire series. He should be. Um, um, I, I do want to say something about the Underdwellers. Yeah, please. <laughs> it's just going to become the Underdwellers, too. So I was yeah. listening to back to our episode, because I listened back to all of them, and we were talking about... Wow, you're like a really big fan of oh, the Batman-tastic Huge cast. fan of my own my own. Work. Are you on the Patreon? Uh, not yet. Okay. We have one? We don't have one we yet. We might at this point. We, we may know. get a Patreon. We don't know. All right. It's in the works. So... I predict we will have a Patreon. Yes, and if you work for a Dollar Shave Club or Casper Mattress or uh, Blue Box, or Sun Basket, yes, um, Squarespace, <laughs> Stamps.com, um, uh, Harry's Razors. Um, so I we I was listening back to that episode because by the time we record these, by the time we record these, a lot of them have. By the time they show up in the feeds, like. We're so far ahead of ourselves that I forget what we say. We're talking about... We are recording in the future. I predict this will be a tremendous hit. (laughs) A big one. Um, So, we did say that uh, the Sewer King, we weren't sure why he wears one sunglasses... Right, one 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 of his eyeglasses lenses are is a sunglass. And then I lens. realized he lives in the sewer, so it's probably like that pirate thing, so that it can okay. make them see better in the dark. All right, right? All I was right. thinking about. I know there are some of you nerds out there who have listened to this, the the Underdwellers <laughs> episode and are like raising your fists. Yeah, <laughs> <and they're> like, <laughs> he, he does it because he's a, he's a pirate. He's a sewer pirate. He's a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, continue please with the. Uh, uh, bad episode. Yeah, I was just looking at someone had created like a, a top 15 or top 10 list of the worst Batman the Animated Series villains. I love and, a top bottom list. And Nostromos, what's funny, Mike, is he wasn't even the top or bottom of that yeah, list. He was the middle of the road again. He's, he's the middle. He's the middle of the worst, yep. Nostromos. That's the worst. The middle of the worst. I would argue that's worse than worst. So, yes. Uh, also, weirdly, and Mike and I are big MCU fans as well, this character is absolutely... Trevor Slattery. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the, the Mandarin. Actually, you know what? Ben Kingsley playing Nostromus. Oh, Nostromus. He'd be, he'd be great. Yeah, he'd be a great Nostromus. Um, yeah, so the, the idea of like a... Though, uh, sorry, to be correct, I guess Ben Kingsley isn't technically white, but the idea is he's like a he's like a dorky British dude yeah. who is playing this Asian terrorist character. Yes. And that is what Nostromus is basically doing. Yeah. Um, well, ben, King, ben Kingsley is, is Indian. He's, yes, that's Indian right. English. That's right. Um, and the, the episode plot kind of resembles Nightmare Alley a little bit, yeah. Oh, yeah. where uh, it is, you know, 1930s set. Yeah. The Art Deco-ness of this episode is much more prominent than it has been in some other episodes. And you have basically a 
psychic who is trying to con the very wealthy people. Though, of course, in Nightmare Alley, that character is the protagonist. In this episode, he's the antagonist. Yeah. Uh, similar, not exactly the same, but there were some, you know, there were some things about it. Um, this episode, of course, is uh, airing in 1992. So we get some fantastically 90s actors. Yes, we do. That are involved here. So the first one I will point out is that um, Lisa Clark, who is um, Bruce's girlfriend in this episode, yes. the daughter of Ethan yes. Clark, yes. Um, is voiced by Heather Locklear. All right. Uh, the famous 1990s beauty, Heather Locklear. Yeah, what was she famous from? Was it, um, was she Melrose Place? Yeah, Heather Locklear was famous for her role as Amanda Woodward on Melrose Place, for which she received four consecutive Golden Globe nominations for Best Actress. But did and you want to know that? I knew that off the top of my head. I know. I in, I in no way Dude, quickly researched that I'm now. Really, I, I'm really impressed. Your, I'm, knowledge, I'm your, knowledge of, your knowledge of 90s TV is, I'm so, is amazing. so good. Michael Desbaris, who voices Nostromos, he's also the voice of Murdoch from MacGyver. Oh, nice. So, yeah. So, for my 90s people, they were they were doing a really nice job with the casting here. It's really cool. Uh, the casting on this show is always pretty, pretty yeah. great. So, even when the episode is not great, the voice cast can be relied upon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I was just kind of searching through the IMDb trivia here. Uh, look, Bruce Tim doesn't like this episode, but actually, it's not so much because of the plot, which we don't like. It's actually more because he's really disappointed with this animation studio. Yeah, Acom is bad. Acom is the animation studio responsible for quite a few Batman the Animated Series episodes, but this might be one of the episodes that got them fired. Yeah. So yeah. eventually, Bruce Tim fires Acom. Yeah, uh, I forget what other episodes they had worked on, but um, I remember reading that Tim was upset with the last time they animated something too. Yeah. So yeah, Acom got fired after this episode or shortly after this episode because it was just like they just didn't do they weren't doing a good work on it. Yeah. And um that's the problem, right? You know, that's you're working with a whole bunch of animation studios and when you have Spectrum who just cranks out nothing but like the unbelievable hit, the the unbelievable hits, yeah. stuff, it's kind of hard. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a Bruce Tim quote here. He said about Prophecy of Doom and Acom's involvement. He said, "If that whole end sequence with the spinning worlds in the observatory had gone to Junio or any of the other animation studios, it might have come off, but it went to Acom. They just weren't able to pull off that level of animation." And then the director of this episode, is Frank Power, stated, uh, "It broke his heart." He said, "It broke my heart. I designed those planets using a circle template. How hard is it to animate circles?" It was done by hand, and had we done it now, it would have been done on a computer and it would have looked spectacular. When I knew the show was going to Acom, a studio I had a long history with, I knew they weren't going to be able to pull it off. And admittedly, it was a tough <laughs> sequence, but they should have been able to do it. And of course, Acom was then later fired from Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> oh, man. Imagine being Frank Power. And uh, Bruce Tim's like, you ever send it to Acom? Why would you do this? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it's disappointing because actually the rest of the episode, it's... It's not like the best animated episode, okay. but that last sequence is not great. Oh, it's terrible. Anything else we want to mention before we just kind of dive into the episode nah, here? let's dive. I guess it's just time to pull the trigger. Oh, okay. Oh, you do have here that Lucas is voiced by Aaron Kincaid. Who, oh, yes, who, I forgot. I'm so sorry. So Lucas, who is the other villain in this episode, yeah. uh, Destromus's henchman, is yeah. voiced by Aaron Kincaid, who we will see lots of times as Killer Croc. Killer Croc. Making his debut. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's take a look at the episode itself. Uh, and I will mention a few other things. I swear there are other things in this episode I like. This is not just going to be a, uh, you know, a head stomp. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a little bit of a head stomp. A little bit. All right. All right. Season one, episode 19, Prophecy of Doom. Doom. This episode was directed by Frank Power, story by Dennis Marks, and teleplay by Sean Catherine Derrick. You should all be a little ashamed of yourselves. Which uh, funny. They work on good stuff. Otherwise. <laughs> they, they do otherwise. Um... We get our usual theme song, which was the best part of the episode. Yep. And then we get the title card. We have this grand operatic music yeah. of doom. Uh, and we get the usual uh, Batman, the animated series font, says in huge caps, Prophecy of Doom, across what looks like a solar eclipse. So indicating some kind of apocalypse or some kind of event that is an omen. Apocalypse! It's very, very good. Very appropriate. Very dramatic. Um, but it's it's not an episode that is worthy of this really dramatic no, intro. No, if only the episode was exciting as this title card. I know. Sometimes you get that. 
We open with a jazzy horns yeah. and a festive drum beat takes us across the water at night. Uh, in the light of a full moon, a luxury cruise ship is making its way across the water. A beat later and we're closer and then cut to a roulette wheel spinning ominously until the ball lands on zero. Then we get lots of indistinct chatter over the jiving music. We get a brief shot of the exterior of this casino room through the windows of the ship and then back inside at the blackjack table. We see no faces, only hands, cards, and chips. Uh, We get a roll of the dice at the craps table, resulting in a six, but we see that the house is actually raking in the chips. And then at the dollar slot machine, it throws up three non-matching tumblers. It's actually a good opening sequence. Yeah. It's kind of, if, if it's a story about fate or about destiny or about predicting the future, it's kind of showing us how fate can make things go wrong. Also, there's a- Like the house always wins kind of thing. Yes, yes. There's also a fun, fun nature to any sort of like casino-based caper, right? Like except for Canto Bite, yeah. yeah except for Canto Bite, right? Um, but if we we're we're not talking about that, we can't. No, we no, can't. No, no, we no, will no. derail the entire yeah, episode yeah, into a last Jedi. No, last Jedi hate. I fans. Can't can't do this. Okay, uh, I can't talk Star Wars on this show. Um, we we will, can't ruin another show with Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, we can't. We can't do that. I will talk about Spider Man as much as I want. That's right. But they can't stop us. They can't stop us from Spidey, but Star Wars, we will stop ourselves. We'll stop ourselves. But like, you know, you think about it. It's like, you know, whether it's an, one of the Oceans movies that are like fun casino capers, Casino Royale, which is probably the best. Uh, That's That might be the best casino anything of all time. I think Casino Royale might be the best, my favorite James Bond. I think it is the best James Bond movie. I put it head to head with On Her Majesty's Secret Service yeah. for the best. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think of that. I think of James Bond and... Batman's different than James Bond, but like Batman fighting people in a casino, awesome. Sure. Well, let's say this. We've had Batman the Animated Series episodes that are very much James Bond adventures. When when we get to the cat and the claw, that's, you know, a James Bond type thing. Exactly. Exactly. Actually, sorry. We've already gotten to the cat and the claw. (laughs) Man, the way we record these episodes is confusing. Fuck it. (laughs) Fuck it. We'll do it live. Live. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I can't read it. It doesn't say anything. What do you mean to play them off? to play us out please continue thank you um so we get a cut to the dance floor there's laughter there's dancing again the camera does not put any emphasis on faces we just see kind of legs and feet dancing everyone's having mike a swinging good time and the music suddenly becomes ominous as we pan down below the deck to some kind of engine room there's some important looking pipes it's all kind of non-specific but there is a literal (laughs) There's yes. a literal cartoon it's, bomb oh, up against the pipes, like the dynamite sticks with the alarm clock. It's funny because, like, that's something the Joker would do because the Joker is a cartoon character in a way, and it's him. It would be self-referential, <laughs> but like, why is someone? Why on this show are I they tying? You know what? Maybe it's because kids will know it's a bomb because they guess. watch too much Wiley e. Coyote. That's it. Uh, well, this is Warner Brothers, right? So, yeah. um. What I what I hate the most, and there are three moments of this episode that I think are pretty unforgivable. This is one of them. That the alarm clock on the bomb only has the number 12 on yep, it. Yep, of course. It's they like the animators animate. were like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bomb. They know. They're like, there's no way we can put all, number, all the numbers on this clock every time we show it. So, yeah. Um, it, uh, it explodes. Oh, yep. Yeah, Who it could does. have predicted? Um, exterior shot of the ship. Bombs the explosion rocks the boat. We get a quick cut inside at the screaming passengers. Um, We see their terrified faces. They drop their drinks. The camera moves back down to the floor to get their fleeing feet, kind of mirroring the dance floor shot. We cut to a hallway where the water is rapidly rushing in, like Titanic style. Mm -hmm. Just kind of a a wall of water. Yeah, I did get get flashbacks to James James Cameron's 1997 masterpiece, Titanic. Right, which of course was inspired by this episode. Yes, of course. Of Batman the Animated Series. In fact, Cameron wouldn't have a career except for Prophecy of Doom. Yeah. Um, We get a brief and stupid cut to a goldfish in a bowl. I don't get it. Sliding along a rapidly angling table as people are just making a run for it. They run up the stairs. We get an overhead cut, uh, like this shot of the sort of well-to-do passengers running up the many decks to escape the rising water. Yeah. Another second shot of that stupid goldfish as the water overwhelms it. Maybe it'll be okay. Probably not. Probably a freshwater fish. That might be the only casualty. Yeah, I think that fish is... I don't think he probably died. Yeah. Uh, that, really, that really goldfish sad. definitely died. Uh, yeah. But you know what? Um, that goldfish's son will go on to become Fishman. Yeah, Fishman. Right. Yeah. Uh, he'll have his revenge. Uh, the gaming tables in the casino get flooded. 
again, we cut to this high sort of overhead shot of now the entire ship uh, sinking dangerously to one side. You see panicked passengers scrambling for lifeboats. Um, and good on them, and, and we know the animated series does this. They really make it a point to let you, the viewer, see, like, they're not leaving anyone behind. No. This isn't a Titanic situation. No. There are enough lifeboats, and yeah. you can actually see the, like, the few people that land in the water. You see them swimming for the lifeboats. Yeah, and, and I people, mean, like, help them in. It's the, a very nice ship sinking. The water, the water is also not frozen. And, <laughs> that uh, we know of. There's not, you know, there's not a door floating in the water. A door that could really hold three or four people. No, no. Or one Kate Winslet. No, we go, you know. I, 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 do, I do like, she says, um, she says, Jack, I'll never let go. Um, she says, I'll never let go right before letting go. People are... People are shutting off the yes, show good, right now. Good. There's go no listen offspring to, this week. Go listen to How Did This Get Made <laughs> instead of our podcast. Um, all right. So uh, the next shot is very dark. We can see lifeboats piloting away from the sinking ship. It goes down very, very quickly. Um, dramatic music swells as the last of the lifeboats get away. And there's the final shot in, these, in this very long opening sequence of the still water after the ship has gone down. Terrible. We do a close-up on the full moon. Stinks. <laughs> and, all right. And we pan over to the full moon as if we're going to get another look at the water. Instead, we get this um, jarring exterior shot of a skyscraper. It's yeah. almost like we pan to the right yeah. and suddenly we're in the middle of the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll find out later that we're at a place called the Starview Restaurant. Yeah. And we move inside to see Bruce Wayne. He's at dinner with two characters totally unknown to us. One's an older gentleman named Ethan and his daughter is named Lisa. These are the Clarks. And they are father and daughter. Ethan is a, by his definition, a conservative banker. But he's gabbing to Bruce about how this mysterious man has gotten him to finally invest some of his money in some mm. more radical, risky investing. Always a good idea. Good idea. Um, uh, Ethan tells him, I'm telling you, this fellow is a revelation. Bruce seems skeptic, of course. Lisa of course. seems bored. Uh, Dad, you're not going to proselytize Bruce, she says on a kid's show. Yeah. Most adults don't know what proselytize means. No, okay? they don't. For the listener who doesn't know, it means to convert someone to yep. a particular cause, usually a religious cause. Um, Ethan does, in fact, hand over a pamphlet, like in the style of a religious pamphlet, which says, Nostromos, see the light. And the art kind of looks like almost like Jesus-esque. Yeah, yeah, it's um, very culty. Or, or carnival fortune teller, a little bit of both. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Um, Bruce is being polite about it, but you can tell right away that Bruce thinks this guy is like a total crackpot. Of course. Ethan claims that the man has like saved his life when he warned him not to go on a gambling cruise. Two days later, the ship uh, sank. Uh, so they're referring to that uh, ship sinking from earlier. Uh, Bruce does mention that he's heard of Nostromos because Alfred occasionally brings home a copy of the Star Inquirer, yep. which I thought was a good dig. Yep, already a good dig. Already fun. Um, Lisa thinks this whole thing was a coincidence, that her father decided not to go, or this guy convinced him no, not to go. It's just a coincidence. She doesn't want to give this guy any credit. Uh, but Ethan references similar events. There was a cave-in at the Zanza Mines and a fire in the Karobi oil field. Um, so... Uh, Something suspicious is going on. Bruce hears this pattern and decides from this conversation it's going to be worthy of investigation. Yeah, it's time to do some Batman stuff. Right. So in any case, Ethan is holding a party for this guy Nostromos, and he wants Bruce to attend. Uh, Bruce slightly says, let's we'll check his horoscope to make sure he can be there. Oh, man. What a good dig. It's a good dig. Bruce is very smarmy in this episode, but in a way I like because Nostromos sucks. Smarmier than normal, but like... It's, smarmier than normal. It's good. Yeah. I, I, I'm here for it. We get uh, the exterior shot of the Starview restaurant. That's where you actually see the sign for the restaurant. Um, Bruce and Lisa exit in a familiar way, and you actually realize then that, like, oh, these two are dating. Yes. Um, Which is not something we typically see on Batman the Animated Series. We don't. And they actually don't really kiss or hold hands, but, no. like, the way they're animated and they, the dialogue they have, it is very familiar. This like, is, he's yeah. walking her to her car. Like, yeah. this is a date yeah, or they, something. They, um, the only other time we've seen this is with Selena Kyle. Correct. Because Batman hasn't had a girlfriend yet on the show, right? No, there's been like oblique references to people he may or may not be with, like yeah. a girl at a party or something yeah. like that. Bambi. Um, you know, Bambi, exactly. Which was in Pretty Poison, I think. I think, think right? so. Maybe. No, um, I think it's an early, it might have been earlier. Is it earlier than that? I, I think so. I think it might be like, I'll tell Bambi that you're not going to show up for dinner. Oh, something like that. Yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so there's been these other references, but this is like one of the few dates we've yes. actually seen Bruce on. Um, 
so he's walking her back to this beautiful convertible that she has and um she has this line the line lisa says about nostromos is i think his predictions come true because he makes them happen the episode could just end yeah yeah we know we know Do you know what i mean like yeah. why would you give her this line now yeah well, of course. Oh, so now we've taken away the entire mystery of what this is. But okay, fine. Yeah, you don't um, even like you don't even get to show him as a fortune teller at all because it's immediately we're like, well, he's a fraud. Well, yeah. One of the ways I would have fixed this episode is to at least give Nostromos one scene in which he could be legitimate. Yeah, just to give it a little bit of intrigue. Because we're in a we're in a universe in a series that has magic in it. Right. Like that exists. Right. But this episode is not interested in that. No, it would um, be cooler if Doctor Fate showed up. Or any established character. Something. I don't want Dr. Fate to be the bad guy. <laughs> well, something. I think that you need to make, you need to do this so that if, if, if there was magic actually involved, Batman would have to go, he'd have to be like, oh, there's magic. Then he'd have to go see a magic guy. <laughs> so he can go see Zatanna, he can go see Dr. Fate. Okay, yeah, that would have been a good time. Right? Right? But they did not do that. Like like what, what Marvel should do with Doctor Strange all the time. Be like, oh, I got some magic to deal with. I got to go see the Doctor. And he's just yeah. like... But that's kind of what he already is. Yeah. It's sad. Like Doctor Strange, relatively speaking, is a newer MCU character. And already he's been relegated to like the, oh, yeah, I'm here to introduce some new character. <laughs> you know, it seems to be his, his case. Yeah, but I did come back to take the check. <laughs> Slammer dick wambledatch. Right. Um... Lisa laments that her father won't make a move without Nostromos oh, and boy. that he's part of some kind of secret brotherhood that Nostromos has. Starting to sound rough. Yeah, that sounds fine. Join the cult! <laughs> um, we get a close-up on that pamphlet in Bruce's pocket. We know the show loves transitions like this. Yep. That close-up of the pamphlet is going to take us to the man himself. So I watch these episodes with subtitles. Yeah, me too. Even when I listen to them with the volume you know, fully up. Me too. We get an extreme close-up of Nostromos. Uh, I mean this as respectfully as I can. He is what 1940s, yep. 30s, 40s film thought of as like the Eastern guru. Yep. Right? He's got like this crazy hair with a widow's peak. It's long in the back. He's got like very heavily made up eyes. Um, he kind of looks a little bit like Lopan. Yeah. From Big Trouble in Little China, yeah. but also there's something vaguely Arabic about him. Yep. It's actually sort of the non-specificity that's even more offensive. I know. It's like, it's like can't oh, pick... is he from the Middle East? Is he from China? What's going on with this guy? It's kind of like, ah, white, you know, average rich white people don't understand what the what the East is, so I'll just combine all the stereotypes yeah, into one. That's exactly right. Yeah, and that's well said. Yeah. That's um, exactly what he did. Yeah. So we're going to come to find out later that this dude is a disgraced actor named Carl Fowler. So yes, this is meant to be... He's a white dude dressed up like this. Yeah. Uh, so he's a fucking asshole. Yes. All right. So, um, yep, again, very similar to the Trevor Slattery character from Iron Man 3. I wrote that in my notes. Um, it's bad from the jump. Yep. It's bad from it's the bad, jump. It's bad, man. And if it was a little funnier, we might even be able to forgive yeah. it. But it's kind of played straight. No, yeah, he's he's being serious about it. Uh, a gong rings. <sighs> um And he announces, Nostromos announces to Bruce Wayne and the other wealthy folks that the negative plane is aligned with the positive plane, I've bringing forth astral harmony. I... This is utter nonsense. Bruce knows it. He actually exclaims, what? Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, <laughs> out loud. Yeah. But there's a guy who's next to him. He's like a true believer. And he's just like, oh, the, the vibrations are right for prophecy. And Bruce, the delivery oh. is, oh, okay. <laughs> It's like a very Seinfeld delivery. It was great. Great. Yeah, Bruce is, he, he's so, he, like you said, he's so smarmy in this episode. He's, he's just, very good. He's very good. Um, But by the way, Nostromos is picking up on that Bruce is not oh, buying yeah, what he's he selling. Knows. So Nostromos goes on. He's saying things that just, just make absolutely no sense. And he goes, hear the inner voice. And then he goes, ah. He just starts to scream. Um. And he tells brother Ethan, uh, this is Bruce's friend from the restaurant, that someone here is in grave danger. Oh, cool. It's probably Batman. Yeah, Batman. Probably Batman. I have a question. Do um, you think Nostromos would know that Bruce Wayne is Batman? If he was a real seer of any kind, then maybe. Zatanna would, but she's not a seer. She's just a magician. That's the thing, too. Like, they don't they don't pick up on any opportunities in this episode. Like, um, all right, we both love Harry Potter, right? Of course. Now, we're both big Harry Potter fans. <laughs> yeah. And the Sybil Trelawney character, yeah. who is the divination teacher in those books <laughs> and in those movies. They hate her. They hate her. They hate her. But also, she has one really correct prediction. Yeah. This yeah. show doesn't even do that, where they're like, they let him be right once. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no. They they don't 
they don't sell what he does at all. Right. So when he, we we find out he's a fraud, it's not a surprise. There's no C- mystery. Correct. Well, I'll I'll you know what an even more basic example than Trelawney is this: The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Right. The one of the greatest characters in American literature is the Wizard. Yeah. From the Wizard of Oz, because all of his power is perceived power. Yeah. Right. And when you find out the truth about him, you find out he has no powers at all. At all. His powers are entirely derived from what you think he can do. Yeah. They don't even let Nostromos get that far because he's exposed as something ridiculous right away. Yeah. Which is why I don't like that Lisa's already on to him from yes. the beginning and that Bruce thinks this guy totally sucks right away. Yeah. It's funny. It's fun, but like we can't carry an episode this no, way. No, because now you're just like, okay, what's he gonna do? Right. It's much more interesting as a viewer to be like, wait, does does this guy have powers? Like, right? like and I, then find out, oh no, he doesn't at the end. Like like we talked about in the Underdwellers with the leprechaun and how Bruce couldn't sleep for days because he thought someone might have seen a leprechaun and that was ridiculous. <laughs> Yet his arch nemesis is a man who dresses as a clown and blows up amusement parks right. and he fought a literal b- man that transformed himself into a bat right. and this guy has a hard time grasping the fact that there might be a leprechaun in Gotham City <sighs> right. we're in a universe that has magic yeah you can be a jerk and use actual magic in this universe right. why well, not use I a magic based like, character Bruce, why are you so skeptic of this guy this is totally a possible thing in your world yeah, yeah. I, I totally and agree. we haven't met Raja Ghul yet we haven't met you know any of the magic characters but like this right. is a good spot to introduce someone right actually funny enough my, my comment on Nostromos is we're currently in our in our order in production order we're pre-Raja Ghul yeah uh, or Raz Al Ghul depending on the pronunciation um this guy is almost like a parody yeah. of what Ra's al Ghul is yeah, like on yeah. the show. And, and um, I'll, I'll tell you in, this... Including in how he looks with like the dark eye makeup and stuff. Absolutely. And I'll tell you this much too, and, and you know, I'll keep bringing up the same characters because it works. Batman has connections with other mystics. Like, yes. why not... Why not... Like, you know when Spider-Man has like something science he's got to take a look at and he can look at it on his own right. but then he he'll, goes see he'll go to see Kirk Connors or Reed right. Reed Richards and be right. like what's going on with the symbiote right. like why wouldn't Batman just let's talk to Dr. Fate let's talk to Zatanna they exist they're in this universe right. well I think part of it is that and I think maybe Bruce, he could talk to Blue Devil I'm sure <laughs> well I think Bruce Tim is a genius and we both do of but I, I I think in the Bible they had not really established all the ally characters yeah. They established the villains, yeah. they made them the yeah. most important thing, and that was the right choice. Yeah, absolutely. But they didn't really say who's around for him to talk to. He has a lot of... Batman has a lot of people that are subordinate to him. Yeah. Batgirl, Robin, etc. He has very few equals yeah. or superiors. Yeah. And that can be tricky in that there's no consultation going exactly. on. Exactly, exactly. That and is true. I, you know, it, it, it. I get it because if you have those characters, then it becomes less about... Batman and his story with Gotham, it becomes more about the greater DC universe. Well, when we get into new adventures, oh, and yeah. if we go and move on to like the Justice League and stuff like that, we will see that those things are cool, but it also really dilutes any story yeah. you're trying to tell just yeah. about Gotham City. Exactly. Even when we've run like home games of like basically tabletop RPGs and being yeah. like, oh, it's you know, it's DC universe. We try not to leave Gotham City if it's no. a Batman story because once you can involve Superman, you have other problems. Yeah, yeah, Dark Side and stuff like that. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, With his name spelled right. incorrectly on purpose. <laughs> right. Um, back to the episode. Sorry. No, please. It was, it was better than the episode. Um, so <laughs> Nostromo says that someone there is in grave danger, and then Bruce's water glass instantly breaks. Yeah, because uh, Jeff what Goldblum, a miracle! Jeff Goldblum was there. Jeff Goldblum was there. Um, we uh, cut to the Bat Cave. Uh, Alfred is asking Batman how the glass broke, and Batman jokes, psychic vibrations. Uh, But he believes it was more likely that it was a high-frequency sonic device. In any case, Batman has some tricks of his own. Batman lifted Nostromos' fingerprints, because of course he did. He's Batman. Uh, And he discovers his true identity. As I said, it's professional actor Carl Fowler. And hilariously, Carl Fowler's mugshot (laughs) is still of him in the Nostromos getup, because they just didn't animate him without it. (laughs) Stupid. Um, he was arrested for petty larceny previously, otherwise no criminal record. And Batman has also identified the episode's other villain, Lucas, who is Nostromus' special effects man, arrested for fraud but never convicted. Uh, Batman doesn't know what they're up to, these show business guys, uh, but it seems really obvious. Yeah. And Lisa already told him. She told him. That's why, dude, this fucking episode is so boring. Like, yeah. it's like the second scene, she's like, this is what it is. And yeah. then we, the viewer, have to pretend we don't know what's going on for the entire yeah, episode. Yeah, we have to pretend that there's dramatic irony where there is not. Right. It's an episode where... Oh, no, listen, wait. 
There is dramatic irony. There should be dramatic irony. But no, we know something. Oh, no, no, you're right. Because Lisa already tells him. Well, yeah. Yes and no. The problem being this. We know too much. Yes. Dramatic irony is fine where it's like, oh, you know the tragedy of a thing and you know how it's going to play out. Like Romeo and Juliet is probably the greatest example of dramatic irony in literature. But in this episode, telling us up front what the big reveal is and then just making us watch 20 more minutes of that is really boring. Yeah. Again, I I think the fix for this episode would have been like, does this guy have powers? How is he doing this? But we make all our big discoveries early. Lisa's like, this guy's a con man. Bruce attends. He's totally a con man. How's he doing this? Here's his special effects, man. We find out all the stuff early. Yeah. And then we're just forced to watch it. Yeah. And what's also, um, what also, that also speaks to the fact that like, kids wouldn't find this interesting. No, I, this episode is not for children. It's not for anyone. Right. This episode isn't even toyetic. No. Like, if you're trying to get a toy out of this episode, no. who's your toy? Nostromos? No, he's not a toy. No one buy that toy. Or Lucas the Henchman? No one's buying that toy. Like, come the fuck on. Yeah, man. Uh, we get an exterior shot of a tall skyscraper, very much in the style of the Empire State Building. We pan up, or sorry, we pan down, and we see this, this is Wayne Enterprises. Yes. We've been to this location before. We've never seen the exterior of the building. Nope. So in Gotham City, the equivalent of their Empire State Building is the Wayne Enterprises yes. building. It's Wayne Tower. Yeah. It's cool looking. It is cool looking. Bruce heads inside. I actually said this is probably the nicest um, set that we yeah. have yeah. in this episode. I, I actually like this better than the observatory set. Yeah. We have this huge grand lobby that reminded me of like Rockefeller Center. Yep. Or Rockefeller Plaza. Um, very much in the 30s Art Deco style. There's even this sculpture... That is reminiscent of an atlas or of a maybe a Greek muse. It seems to be holding almost like a a circular structure that could be a planet, which is significant for later. Yeah. Um, in any case, Ayn Rand would love this. Ayn shit. Rand be all over it. All over. So it. would uh, you know, so would um. Andrew Ryan. Andrew Ryan. <laughs> yeah. A little Bioshock for you. Um, Wayne uses the key to his ooh personal elevator, and a security guard or possibly a custodian stops him and informs him that, oh, the elevator repair guy just left, and Bruce ominously says, I didn't know there was anything wrong. So uh, Bruce gets in the elevator, and again, it's so uninteresting because we, the viewer, already know what's going to happen. Yeah. Nothing, that's the funny thing. Nothing in this episode about the future, predicting the future, is mysterious. It's a surprise. This is the most telegraphed episode, I think, ever. Maybe that's the prophecy. I guess so, The doom is you. We're the doom. We're the doom. I felt doomed watching this episode. I was ready to rewatch the, I was, I was ready to rewatch The Forgotten and the underdwellers after watching The Sword of Damocles was hanging over my head watching yes, this episode. Yes. The Sword of Damocles is hanging over my head. I don't know that song. It's a little Rocky Horror. Oh, yeah, shoot. Sorry. All right. We get a series of shots as the elevator rises, and the numbers that indicate which floor the elevator is on kind of resemble the roulette wheel from the opening, which is kind of cool, but they actually don't emphasize it enough for it to be really cool. Fuck you, Acom. Um, we see a gloved pair of hands... Uh, taking a wrench to the elevator gears, literally throwing a wrench in the works. Yeah. So Wayne's elevator comes to a violent halt. His, like, face smashes into the control panel, and intense music plays while Bruce is trying the buttons. These same gloved hands apply acid to the remaining elevator cable, the other one kind of frayed. Uh, I had a moment where I was like, is this even how elevators work? Anyway, the gloves here apply the acid to the remaining cable, which apparently is enough to just destroy the elevator totally. Um, so we get these interspersed cuts of the elevator gearbox sparking, the acid burning, and Wayne inside the elevator car unsure of what to do next. Yes. Suddenly the acid eats the rest of the way through the cable, the car plummets, and then we have the worst moment of the episode. Yes. So the acid has just cut through the remaining cable, the elevator car is plummeting, Bruce we saw was just trying to do something, he was hesitating, and in the next shot, Batman flies out of the elevator using his grappling gun. So, look, man, I I love a cartoon as much as the next guy. I understand it's a kid's cartoon, but it has not been since episode two, since Christmas with the Joker, when the observatory turned into a fucking cannon and started shooting people in the city. Have I been this offended by, like, just, like, the lack of any kind of realism here? Yeah. Because it's like, when would Bruce have had the time to turn into Batman? It's not a cool moment. It does move things along, but it's not possible. It almost kind of insults your intelligence. It was insulting. It's, it's yeah. You would have to assume that Batman was wearing his bat suit 
underneath his clothes. To be fair, the only... This is the biggest stretch I've ever made in my life. Okay. The only way this any makes <laughs> this makes even an iota of sense was that it's his personal elevator and maybe he has some Batman stuff in it. So but even I so, actually buy that, but he has no time to change. Exactly. It's... It's 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 bad. It's bad. It's bad. And actually, I'm a little disappointed because, like, I know Bruce Tim is the quality control guy, yeah, right? He's the Feige of this whole thing. And it's like, how do you let that slide? He probably was just like, we got no time. I it guess it had so. to have been a timing thing. It's a timing thing. I'm also aware, like, they're making all these episodes at the same time. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have time to look at everything. But like, honestly, the folks that made this episode that kept that in, like, fuck you guys, really, come yeah, on. Because at some point, I know someone said, ah, oh, it's a cartoon, whatever. Except. You take such enormous care with everything else and you just squander it when you do something like that. It's Mr. so disappointing. Mr. Freeze's helmet fogs when he speaks. I well, That's the thing. Actually, we could take a moment to address this. We're often critical of individual episodes, but we do believe the series as a whole is a masterpiece. Amazing. Amazing. We literally call it the best animated series of all time. It is. But we have to call it out for this too. It's wildly inconsistent. Sometimes, yeah. You get some episodes that are some of the best things I've seen on a television screen. And some episodes that are like, yeah, this is a pretty bad kids cartoon episode. Yes. I would put Heart of Ice, Beware the Grey Ghost, up against any Disney film, up against any animated feature. I agree. Of all time. I agree, but I, I can't the believe same... they exist in the same series as Prophecy of Doom. Yes. But you know what? When you're making all these episodes, there's going to be a few bad ones. But yeah, you know, you're right. There are. But like even this episode, like it it wouldn't have taken a crazy effort to get no. this over the line into, oh, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And honestly, little things. There's a couple little fixes. If, if you and I were on the team, we would have fixed it. Right. Um. Anyway, Batman, fucking Batman escapes the elevator a la grappling hook. That was the Grey Ghost theme. Very nice. He escapes the elevator, uses the grappling hook. He sees, uh, you know, where the, the gears were destroyed. Then he is, sees the open escape hatch to the roof. So now we're up on the roof of Wayne Enterprises, up and the villainous the masked repairman is fleeing from Batman, though Batman is able to get ahead of him. But then this is one of those times where like the criminal is unusually adept at fighting and he uses, this is such a vague shitty sequence, he uses some steam from a pipe on the roof as well as then he also has a smoke bomb and he gets away from Batman. Batman uses a batarang on him, injuring his leg, but it's too late. This scene just really sucks. Yeah, it's bad. Um, I, I don't know what they were going for here. I, I They clearly wanted the bad guy to get away. They wanted him to be physically formidable, but it was just not well done. Batman would have just broke his jaw. Yeah. But there, there's That's a neat Batman. shot of Batman just kind of standing at the edge of the rooftop while the smoke just sort of wafts over him, but it, it it's meaningless. It just... This episode's exhausting. It's just... It, it's just... It's... <laughs> you know why? Because it's like, oh, who could the masked man be? You told us in the previous scene. It's Lucas. It's the henchman. There's only two fucking characters in this episode. What do you want from us? Like, oh, I can't wait to see if it's the guy he thinks it is. It is. What the fuck? What's great about this? If this was me. This was me when covering the Underdwellers and the Forgotten back to back. Yeah, that was Just rough. sitting there sorry, dude. watching those episodes three times going, why? <laughs> why? At least there were alligators in one of them. This has no alligators. No alligators. Alligators could have helped this. I think if, if, if uh, Nostromos had some gators, I think he'd be in good shape. He just didn't see it coming. He, he didn't. Yep. I'm sorry. Never um, see it coming. All right. We're in the next scene. The Can voice... we move on? Yeah, we're moving on. The voice of Lucas. No one could have predicted Batman would spot me. This fucking guy. All right. So also, all right. Let's 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 unpack this. Talk about just how lazy this episode is. Batman shows up in places in this episode. He has no business being there. Correct. The whole episode. Right. It's like, oh yeah, Batman's randomly at Wayne Tower. Right. After the elevator plummets. Well, but like, how stupid is Lucas? It's like. Yeah, I cut the cable or whatever to the elevator and uh, out pop Batman. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck? Do you think Batman lives in that elevator? I guess so. He's a Batman. <laughs> what, what do you think? Yeah. Sadly not, man. Uh, all right. 
Uh, Lucas is bandaging his leg where the battering caught him. We see as we pull back that we're in like Nostromus's like dressing room, I guess, or maybe a hotel room. He's got a crystal ball nearby. Nostromus laments that Bruce Wayne is likely still alive, meaning his attempt to kill him and make the Brotherhood feel more vulnerable as a result is uh, is probably lost. He's trying to shake all the money out of these guys, yeah. right? He wants them to fork over everything they're yeah. worth. Yeah. By the way, Nostromus's voice is clearly like that of a thespian, so yeah. like he and the Joker would probably get along. No, um, like Joker would have killed him. Joker would kill him. But I mean to say <laughs> they would do a great uh, production of um, Long Day's Journey into Night or something. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, Nostromus! <laughs> we also see Nostromus is very bald. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, Batman! <laughs> I'm gonna melt you like a grilled cheese sandwich! That was, of course, the Tim Curry Joker. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, a phone rings, and this is how Nostromus answers the phone. Peace to all! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why would he say that? I don't know, but then... It no sense. We also briefly get this is the only time, Mike. I think this is the only time <laughs> in the animated series someone calls and we get like a split screen phone call yeah, yeah, with yeah. like a zigzag <laughs> in the middle. Um, yeah, very like sixties yeah. um, show. Oh, uh, the yes. split screen between Nostromos and Ethan Clark. Uh, he claims that Bruce Wayne has seen the light, and Bruce Wayne we can see in the background. Ethan Clark's you know in the in the background of Ethan Clark's phone call, he's like sitting on like the couch, like he looks forlorn, like oh he's he's oh, had he's an understanding. It. Yeah. All right. He's a good uh, actor, Bruce Wayne. We've proven this. Before. Uh, he is. This is going to be an episode where it's like, is Bruce Wayne a better actor than the actor supervillain? Oh, and apparently, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Except that one time he turned into Gaff Morgan, he yeah. couldn't remember yeah, he was yeah, really yeah. Bruce Wayne. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> my brain is broken <laughs> and we should have brought back Gaff Morgan for this episode yeah Gaff Morgan would be awesome <laughs> fuck yeah yeah Gaff Morgan you know what the that next Batman game I want the Gaff Morgan alternate skin I want Gaff yeah you know what put Gaff Morgan in Arkham whatever comes next cause Gotham Knights just got destroyed oh in the God. review scores I never thought I'd be missing the forgotten yeah, I but covering this episode I missed the forgotten Gaff Morgan was one tough homeless dude who was actually Batman. You know what? That's why Prophecy of Doom wasn't good. This wasn't a job for Batman. Yeah. This was a job for Gaff Morgan. Gaff Morgan. A man that had nothing to offer they to They could have called Gaff Morgan, that guy Riley, that guy Salvo. Salvo. They could have showed up and really wrecked this guy's house. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. I'm like crying. I'm actually crying laughing. I'm actually tears coming down uh, my eyes. This is a top 10 episode for us. All right. <laughs> we get a brief exterior shot of Ethan Clark's mansion. I, it's not Wayne Manor. Um, no, no, no. Wayne Manor has a different look. So this is Ethan Clark's house. Yeah. Um, the is there, as is Lucas, and Wayne is apologetic. To think I ridiculed you. <laughs> Um, well, his near-death experience has rendered him a true believer, and Nostromus, of course, welcomes him with and open arms. And I saw arms. her face. <laughs> um, Ethan suggests that a man of Bruce's standing and influence should be considered for the Brotherhood. Naturally, Nostromos says, it's preordained. <laughs> Yo, Lisa's just not happy, dude. Lisa is us. Yeah, she's Lisa's like, like, I know what the ending to the episode is. This is fucking stupid. Can we move dumb. on with this, please? Lisa's great because she just shows up. He's like, well, what are we doing? What the Fuck. What are you guys doing? Um, yeah, so she, Lisa, Lisa, feel the snake bite into my bay. Lisa, Any, all right, stop. We can't do this. Anytime do this. a cult comes up, that's the first thing I think of. <laughs> Lisa storms in. She's furious that Nostromos has taken another victim, especially her, you know, her boyfriend, who she thinks is, oh, you're just like the others, another gullible idiot. Um, she calls Nostromos a bogus creep. I mean. And she storms off again. She's totally right. Ethan apologizes to Nostromos, but Nostromos is confident she will believe. They will all believe after the great fall. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. Uh, we get an exterior shot of a very fancy car riding the desolate roads on the outskirts of town, probably like in Wayne Manor territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, inside the car, Ethan is driving, telling Bruce he joined the Brotherhood just oh, no. in time. Bear driving. <laughs> oh, no. Bear driving. Uh, Nostromos has been warning of an economic collapse in the West. And this is a children's cartoon, so the kids at home are like, oh, no, economic collapse. I don't um, know what that means. So we haven't studied. So we haven't studied the... This is uh, so fucking boring, dude. No, nah, it's so boring. Okay. That's the, the, cat the cataclysm is economic collapse in the West. I know. 
which I don't think what kids... What the fuck? I, most kids watching this show probably don't know what the Great Depression is. Well, this is the episode that also contained proselytize. Yeah. Fine, fine. This episode would have been way better. You know what? You know, I know how to make this episode better. Yeah. None of this happens. <laughs> I can't. I was about to take a drink. I can't do it. <laughs> do it. And you know what? Even make it better than that. What? Man, bad. <laughs> Imagine if while he's given the prophecy at the end, instead of that whole scene with the planets, man, bat crashes in, wrecks everything, and then they gotta fight the big man, bat. Oh, that is better. I have to admit. Very good. Um. Okay. I don't even know where we are. Oh, yes. Ethan tells Bruce Wayne that Nostromos is establishing a super fund to protect the Brotherhood this, uh, that all the members of the Brotherhood have donated to, so when the economy collapses, they'll be protected. Does, um, does Nostromos, is he involved with Amway? <laughs> is he in Beachbody? Is he selling you <laughs> products, or is he selling you an opportunity? Because that's what I need to know. Right. Well... Everyone is their own boss. Exactly. When you join the Stromos' well, brotherhood. What happened is, is Ray Kruk, oh, when boy. he started McDonald's. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, the super fund. Uh, Bruce smirks when he actually hears that word. Yeah. Uh, but Ethan assures him Nostromos can't touch the money without Ethan's written approval. Oh, oh, good. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's fine. That's nice. Uh, Ethan parks at what I assume is the Gotham Observatory. It turns out that, yes, that is true. Not a canon. Um, right? Yeah, I was going to say, it's nice to see it's recovered since fucking episode two. Um, so inside, this actually is cool. Yes. I'm giving the episode some credit. There's this shot of the heavens above, like a planetarium dome yeah. from the inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's this huge mobile. Yeah. Like with huge planets that are like the size of like entire rooms unto themselves, and there's there's it's the whole solar system and the the big glowing sun in the middle, and Nostromus is up there on the stage. He solemnly informs the Brotherhood that the Great Fall is at hand, which we now know is Western economic collapse, which is good. And notably, everyone is in literal cultist robes in this scene, like yep. black hooded robes, like the fucking scene from Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Oh, jeez. Um. They're about to, you know, fuck each other. Um, Pretty much. We got an exterior shot of the observatory. Outside, thank God, Lisa is prowling around. Uh, she pulls up a window and sneaks inside. We see her moving down a corridor filled with statues as Nostromos drones on and on, literally saying things like, the omens rise and converge with each passing moment. Lisa eventually sneaks up on Lucas himself, who is watching Nostromos' sermon from the control room. And the scene cuts back to Nostromo's preaching to his brotherhood about, again, society collapsing. And actually, the vision of the imminent collapse uh, is shown on the Observatory Planetarium dome screen. We see, like, rioting in Gotham City, much to the horror of the brotherhood. Because, again, nothing scares rich white people more no. than riots. Of course. And protests and yeah. strikes. Yeah. Um, uh, Nostromo's goes on, Oh, the torment! The suffering! <laughs> Nostromos levitates suddenly, and the followers are in awe, but we, the camera, see that he's got, like, a hook in his back. Yeah, the, man, that the... hook looks real rough, too. It it's does. like, there's no cable on that hook in right. any of the pictures. Uh, we cut back to Lisa in the tech booth. Uh, she's actually running from the booth, probably to interrupt this sermon. Uh, Nostromos comes back down to Earth, collapsing. And then it's about the time that Lisa is in that room and is about to walk down the aisle, but Lucas gets to her first. He puts a hand over her mouth and drags her away yeah. as Nostromus informs the Brotherhood that this is the end of the old order. The fall has begun. And there's all that big dramatic orchestral music underneath. I wonder what would the scene be like without that music there? It would be pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just that guy having to say all his bullshit without underscoring. I know. Well, music makes everything way better. So. Oh, well, certainly. Or way worse, as we've seen in the last lap. Oh, that's true. Oh, no. How dare you bring that up? You killed Captain Clown! You killed Captain Clown! We're back in the Batcave. Great overhead shot, at least of the Batmobile resting on its plinth, and it reminded me of better episodes where I get to see the Batmobile doing things. Yes, that's right. Alfred is incredulous. You gave them ten million, sir, and to think I was fretting over the electric bill. Good old Alfred. What a funny joke. Hilarious. Funny, f funny, funny, funny joke. joke. Batman claims he had to keep up appearances. There's over 300 million in the fund, and Batman is putting on his cape, and he, you know, is having this conversation with Alfred. Alfred's relieved only that Nostromos needs Ethan Clark's permission to access the fund. This is so fucking boring. It's the second time we're getting that same information. No, it's I like, know. It's how? like the talking down to the kids. <laughs> right. 
Remember, kids, if Ethan doesn't sign, everything's okay. I wonder if Nostromos is going to try to force him to sign somehow. As Batman gets into his car, he tells Alfred he doesn't need to be psychic to predict that Ethan Clark is about to undergo a spiritual crisis, which would be a fun line, except that's exactly what's about to happen yeah. in the next scene. Yeah. This episode is literally like, I'm telling you what's going to happen, and then it happens, and then we tell you what just happened. Like, this, it's just constant fucking sandwich. This episode is Sean Bean. <laughs> walking spoiler. It's a walking spoiler. Sean Bean. Sean Bean. All right. Every scene is a spoiler so spoiler for the scene that follows it. Folks at home, we have a long sequence coming up, but it is the last sequence, oh, so God. I'll get us through. All right. We get a lingering shot of a spire statue outside the observatory. Ethan Clark parks. He gets out of his car. He's going to see Nostromos inside. Nostromos is sitting literally on a throne on the stage in the <laughs> observatory, accompanied by Lucas, and they're very giddy over the $63 million that was just deposited into the account this morning. Nostromos predicts that they're about to become rich as pigs. So first of all, I don't think of pigs as being rich. Now, um, I will also say this much. Did he need to get $63 million? Well, they already had 300, so this oh, was 63 more. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So it's 363. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty good chunk of change. I mean, I'd take $3. I don't know. Is that in Joker Bucks is what I want to know. I don't because know. Because Joker, Joker Bucks can withstand a Western collapse. As I saw on the last laugh. That's right. We kill Captain Clown. Hearing Clark at the door, <laughs> Nostromos, damn it. Nostromos <laughs> scrambles to get back into character. Lucas helps him with his, like, flying rig and also putting the wig on his head, which is crooked at first. Yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, all right, Ethan shows up. He's concerned about Lisa's disappearance. Do not worry, says Nostromos. I see you joining her soon. Oh, okay. Great. Nostromos has more urgent business. He wants... This is so fucking boring. He wants the funds, the super fund... He wants it converted into gold bullion. Yeah, so, you know, gold is always this worth is more. This is so boring. Who gives a fuck? I don't know. Ethan pauses. He can't do it without the Brotherhood's permission. He doesn't feel comfortable. But then Nostromo says he sees a bad moon rising. Blink, 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 blink. And he reveals blink, blink, that he has Lisa bound up and gagged. She's tied to, I think it's the planet Mars in the mobile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And at this point, Mike, this is the other worst moment of the episode. The episode has now completely fallen apart. Yep. Yep. So the whole episode is predicated yep. on the fact that Nostromos is a successful con man yeah. that can string all these very rich people along, millionaires and billionaires, and get them to see him as a kind of a savior, yeah. a seer, whatever. Yeah, I like that. It, it, it has, there's potential there. So he kidnapped Lisa. Yeah. He should have just killed her. Uh, I know they can't do it on a kid's show. I know. But even if he has her kidnapped, why would you reveal that to Ethan now? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're giving up the whole game. Yeah. Now you have no choice yeah. to, to kill these people. Yeah. Why are you converting everything into gold bullion? I guess so that the money is easier to move around. Even if you're justified in this, how interested is your viewer in any of this? This episode was written at 3.30 on a Friday afternoon. I guess. It, it had is to have been. This just, is a rush job. It is so not compelling. Yeah. And the threat is so empty of anything really happening. Yeah. Also, it's a two-villain episode. Yeah. Like, where's... You know what would have been better for Nostromos? Give this guy a cult. Give him a yeah, real cult. give him a cult. Make him, like, Red Claw and give him, like, yeah. a terrorist faction. And have Batman have to fight cultists. Right. Well, something. Yeah. It's really shitty. Um, so Lisa is revealed, tied to the planet Mars. She's bound and gagged. Lucas forces Ethan to sign and then gags him also. Nostromos makes a final prediction that Ethan will meet his end swiftly because Lucas has rigged the place with enough explosives to create a supernova. Which is um, egregious to say. Fine. His very brief villain's monologue concluded, Nostromo suddenly flies through the air. Ooh. With the greatest of ease. <laughs> An unseen force tosses him about and then throws him to the ground. Lucas and Nostromos storm the control room, but there's no one to be seen. They race to the catwalks above. There's still no one. They split up with Lucas coming face-to-face -face with Batman. Okay. Credit where credit's due. The sequence is a little fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's very golden age. We kind of get this huge bright light that makes Batman briefly look like he's a, a walking bat signal for Which a second. Cool. And then there's a pretty decent physical fight between Batman and Lucas. But this late in the episode, it's also kind of exhausting. Yeah. Um, then we just have the really cool sequence where we are skipping back and forth between uh, Batman and Lucas fighting their way through the solar system, literally cool. crashing through the giant models of the planets while the machinery is malfunctioning because Nostromos has gotten into the control room, thrown that wrench in the works again, 
and he's making the planets kind of crash into each other. There's the looming threat that Lisa, who is tied up to the planet Mars, might be collided with any moment and die. Mars the bringer of war. That's right. And then Ethan is sitting in the audience below, and I guess all the shit crashing around could, you know, potentially fall on him as well. I saw in the trivia you caught this as well. Uh, yeah, this little so, music moment. So the music moment here is there. The song is it's crazy because when I was listening to it, I'm like, yeah, this does kind of seem like it's from from the planets and maybe inspired by uh, Gustav Holst's The Planet Suite, which is um, it's it's awesome. Uh, the Planet's music is so good. Um, Mars, the bringer of war, probably the most famous of the, Jupiter's really popular too, but, uh, Mars probably being the most famous, um, it's kind of where, uh, I prefer Uranus. Oh, well, good. I'm glad. Thanks. Yeah. Um, Mars is also, they based, um, uh, Darth Vader's theme off okay. of, off of Mars. It's one of the, it's, it's an aggressive orchestral piece. I've played it a few times in concert bands. And I realized, I'm like, why didn't they just use Mars? Like, why didn't they just use the song? And then I realized Gustav Holst died in the 30s, so it's still being a copyright. Right. Yeah. Um, I almost forgot Batman's really cool line for this episode. When he first, like, makes that drop kick into Lucas's chest with that big light behind him, he says, it's your turn to see the light. Oh, bada boom. Very good. Batman always gets one. Yeah. He always gets that one per episode. Yeah. Um, all right, so the planets are colliding. Lucas and Batman are literally fighting their way through the planets. Uh, Nostromus is trying to make a getaway with the signed paper because, again, Lucas did make Ethan sign. Um, but not before Batman not only defeats Lucas, but also is able to loose the giant model Earth, yep. which comes crashing down on top of Nostromos. And with his wig askew, Nostromos faints. I think it's kind of funny. It is. That he gets hit with a giant rolling ball. It is. Uh, Batman dives in to finally rescue Lisa just before Saturn and Mars converge using his grappling gun to bring her down safely. And then finally, you know, Batman the Animated Series loves a newspaper transition. They love it. Uh, they, they wrap up so many episodes like this. We get the front page of the Gotham Times, DA predicts life term in psychic case. Who is the DA now? Not Harvey. Um, Shame. And also, I'm not sure... What kind of fraud do you have to be involved in to get a life sentence, I wonder? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Did Bernie Madoff get a life sentence? I think so. All right. I think so. But I guess you can. Life sentence for Bernie Madoff is like 12 years. He was <laughs> Right. Old. He didn't live long. Yeah. I mean, he... Yeah. But he was like a kingpin in prison. But, but he made off with all the money. Look at that. Yeah. That was a good pun. Go pride. Um, <laughs> DA predicts life term in psychic case. Reads Ethan sighing. The photograph shows Commissioner Gordon with a bald Nostromos and a bandaged Lucas. I can't believe I was so gullible, he laments. And Lisa reminds him that he wasn't the only one kind of teasing Bruce as she serves tea. Guilty as charged, says Bruce, playing up the dumb act. And then he quotes Shakespeare, who he refers to as the bard. Exactly. And then he says, the fault lies not in our stars, but in ourselves. Fuck you. (laughs) Uh, the fault lies in us watching this episode. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, Mike. What are your closing thoughts on Prophecy of Doom? Um, I think we. I think my prophecy was correct at the beginning of the show. Is what was bad. that again? It's bad. It is bad. That's all I got to say. It's just not good. Um, there's a couple of cool little moments here and there, but like when you make something that is bad and boring, that's the worst. The yeah. worst combination of is bad and boring. Yes, uh, definitely a dull episode. Uh, and, and you know, there, there's been a string of episodes that we haven't loved, like are considered not great episodes, but we've at least been able to appreciate them maybe in a different way. Like we've covered See No Evil, yeah. which is not a favorite episode for most people, but I enjoyed it. I liked See No Evil. See No Evil's fun. And that was another episode where it's like a one-off villain, yeah. you know, kind of a different story. But yeah. th- this one, it, it's not even half as interesting as yeah. that. It's It's really a bad episode. Yeah. And I guess what I'm most disappointed in is that nothing about the story is allowed to be as interesting as a prophecy can be. Yeah. One of the interesting things about the concept of a prophecy is to see how it comes true. But we're kind of taken backstage too soon in this episode. We're shown how all the tricks are done, and thus there is no room for wonder, for fascination, for trying to interpret the prophecies uh, in in any way. We see the man behind the curtain. Yeah, it's just it's the least interesting version of how this story could be done with a borderline, or you know what, just blatantly sort of offensive villain. Yeah. Who, yes, is played for laughs, but almost not enough. And... Well, I think the the villain is almost too serious. 
Yeah, it's just not anything I want to return to. I find nothing enjoyable about this episode. Yeah. Other than I do think the fight with the planets is kind of cool. Yeah. Even if it's not animated well. I like that it's kind of a golden age throwback story. It even kind of reminded me of what Watchmen was going for by yeah. including Moloch as yeah. a character. By yeah, saying yeah, yeah. like, oh yeah, golden age heroes. They used to fight these wizard types. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Except they didn't even let Nostromos have wizard type powers. No. He just has the appearance of one. You needed to give us something. Yeah. Let us believe a little so that we feel just as duped as Ethan Clark, or even let Bruce be duped for a bit. Yeah. You know, one of the really good episodes of this series is Perchance to Dream. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, you find out it's the Mad Hatter. Spoiler, sorry. But, like, you believe for a little while that something could be the case. Yeah. And this episode never trusts us enough to do that. This episode needed John Constantine. What does that mean? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Could have been something. Uh, Ranking in the series. I think it's bottom. Is it in the bottom 10? I think think it it might might be. I think it might be my bottom one right now. The worst episode of the series. I think I enjoy The Underdwellers and The Forgotten better. Uh, I don't know. I think this might be a little better than those. I'll tell you this. If it's not in the bottom 10, it's certainly circling the drain. Yes. It might be the worst. I don't know. It's, 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 It's there. I it's like at the threshold. There are listen. I think I had more fun with the forgotten because the they're enjoyably bad. Because they're, because biggest. Yeah, because of biggest <laughs> and the sewer king and Riley and Salvo. I think that's and the legit. alligators and Frog the kid and and him doing some cool Home Alone stuff. Right. You know what? We don't have to worry about this for long. We have some great episodes coming up. Thank We've God. Got, like the next three episodes are like. Three of the best in the show. Right. So uh, so that's that's real good. All right. I think we're going to wrap up. Yeah, let's wrap it. I predict that most listeners have already turned us off. I hope they didn't because I hope they really like the fact that we torch this thing. Like Leonardo yes. DiCaprio burning that same girl who gets burned in Scream 4. <laughs> or 5. Is that Scream uh, 5? That's, uh, is there anyone even going to get that reference at all? It doesn't all? matter. All right. Her name's Mikey something. She gets torched in two movies. Yes. The girl from the new Scream, Scream which five? has the same name. as No, it's... it's Man, yes. they but should have called it 5 it's... Cream. <laughs> <laughs> Scream 5 should be 5 Cream. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, guys. The girl who is in... Five cream in Scream Five. Scream Five. <laughs> in the, the girl. new Scream movie. Spoilers for Scream no, no, no. Five. What, we don't have to spoil it. One of the girls in that gets killed in the same way that that actor's character dies in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The yes. same death. She burns alive. Great. And that's how we're going to end Prophecy yes. of Doom. I prophesize that nobody will get that reference. All right. But Leonardo DiCaprio torches her in a pool. And he was in Titanic, and now the whole thing comes full circle. Oh, yeah. It's I true. predicted that. Mm hmm. Um, all right, so next time we'll be covering Feet of Clay. Yes. Part one. Yes. And it is, obviously, it's a two-parter. That will be two separate episodes yes. as well. And we'll have a guest. And we will have a guest. Our we will have guest. our first guest. Our first guest host on this show. Um, I predict he will be brilliant. I predict he'll be excellent, and I predict that he already has 30 pages of notes. Correct. So I predict that these two episodes coming up will be the two longest episodes we've done so far, and I'm all here for it. Absolutely. Um, I'm right. not going to tell you who it is. We're not going to tell you who it is because we want to surprise you. Mike, the planets have aligned, and this episode is over. Yes. Thank you for joining us. This was the Batman Tasticast. For Mike Staub, I'm Jordan Hugh. Thank you, and see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Batman Tasticast. If you want to support the show, you can find us on all those social media platforms by searching out Batman Tasticast, or you can leave us a review or subscribe or share it with a friend or leave a comment or reach out to us on social media and tell us all your favorite Batman tidbits. We love hearing from you and that keeps the show going and makes it all that much more visible. So thanks in advance. We'll see you next time. Enjoy. Enjoy.